Blog Talk Radio. Numerology is a system of ancient codes found in our birth information that gives insight to the lessons we each must learn in this lifetime. Elizabeth Summers is a medium and esoteric numerologer offering her knowledge of ancient wisdoms to help fellow travelers towards a more enlightened and peaceful path. Join her now for the magical world of numbers. Hi, everyone. Thanks for coming and joining me again in the magical world of numbers. Boy, tonight we're going to talk about a subject that has a numerological basis, but it also has such confusion in people's lives that I thought, you know, I want to chat with you about these things. And really, especially... Since we are around the time of Valentine's Day, and a lot of my friends, even someone I was chatting with today, very happy marriage, my son and, and his his wife, and I say about, let's celebrate Valentine's Day, and they just roll their eyes. It's like, oh, spare me kind of thing. We're good to each other all the time. We don't need a special day for it. What can I say? And I'm not going to say that it's not some sort of commercial hype. But, you know, I say to them it's part of our American culture. It's part of our traditions. It's part of our heritage. And the older I get, and I hate to admit this, the more conservative and traditional I become, because in my early years I was a little loud and woolly. But I think this is just part of, the enjoyment of life. Now, yes, many of my listeners are single and they are bemoaning the fact that they don't have anyone sending them flowers and taking them out to dinner and all of that, whatever. Been there, done that, as far as I'm concerned. I was there. I have been a, a, a blessed, a precious widow for many, 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 many years, and I remember the early days when uh, I would be feeling maudlin and sad and, and you know, and uh, I bought into it. Then I got a little grip, and I said to myself, I love me. I'm my own valentine. I can buy my own flowers, make my own lobster, have my own party. Get my own bottle of champagne. And ever since then, over the course of the years, I've always had my, usually girlfriends, because, you know, girls, uh, boys, uh, girls, and we had boyfriends, we wouldn't be having this conversation. And so I would have luncheons and parties and pull all of my girlfriends in who didn't have boyfriends and husbands and were widows and whatever. And we celebrated. We got out all those silly yellow heart things, and everybody brought little $10 gifts, and we had what We loved and nurtured each other. We made each other feel valued and loved and appreciated. And, you know, I'm doing the same thing this Saturday. Having a fabulous dinner party for friends of mine who are who are single, who are married, who do not have families. It is all about truly celebrating the love that we have for ourselves first. Because you cannot give what you do not have. And so what I had to find out that I had to love me first. And nurture me first and feel good about, yeah, it's okay, you know, 
not giving my power away to some external situation, relationship, which is what we're going to talk about tonight for sure. I had to learn to love me and nurture me and get my own roses and flowers, which quite honestly, I do all the time. And I highly recommend it to anyone who's listening. I keep as best that I can, although I never buy them around Valentine's Day because they're double, triple the price. I don't mean to be cheap, but I am, oh, please spare me. What I can get for $10 is now $30. I don't even go But do the best that you can to make every day Valentine's Day for you. Put the fresh flowers in your house. Have candlelight. I always have candlelight in my house. I particularly burn white candles for spiritual reasons and actually design reasons because I have a background in interior design. But a friend of mine, precious little baby girl, came to visit with me today at 11 o'clock in the morning. And so we got out the ginger ale and we got out the ice cream and, we got, and I lit the candles. And when she left, she said, you know, it's so comfortable here, Elizabeth. So comfortable in your house. And I say that to you. These are little soul tricks. I call them, to have fresh flowers in your house. And you know, roses carry the highest vibration. If you go to buy essential oils, they're like 200 and some dollars an ounce of the pure essential oils of roses. We don't have to go there, but fresh flowers and candlelight and comfortable and cushy and beauty and surround yourself with that. Make every day Valentine's Day. And when you come to the end of your day and you sit in your favorite chair, I have my quote-unquote Archie Bunker chair, relax and look around. And feel loved and nurtured and supported. You must do that for you first. And then if anyone else to lose around and comes around and kind of joins in the party, okay. You're first. Because bottom line is we're responsible for our own selves, our own love, our own nurturing, our own caring. It's us. That's all selfishness. And in the readings that I do for clients, in the charts that I work up for my wonderful clients that I just love to pieces, a lot of them have had past incarnations in monastic living, monasteries, nuns, priests, brothers, who knows all of that in the Piscean age, where it was pounded into them. To love you is wrong, wrong, wrong. It's selfish. Is whatever. Too, there are too many sevens in their chart. It says you give to other people. Your perfection, your spiritual perfection has to do with taking care of other people. And screw you and not about you. And you wear socks of, of raw clothes and rough clothes and, and you live in simplicity with no accoutrements and no comfort in whatever, but you get out there and you bust your buns and you give to everybody else. That makes you more spiritual, more perfect. I say hogwash. That's control. That's an ego thing. I'm a good person. Because I live in simplicity and don't have anything. And I give all everything to the poor, whatever, whatever. I'm a good person. If you don't love you, who will love you? And that is my 
strong point. That's I got a flag going about that whole thing. Those days are over. The fact that you nurture and you care and you love and you provide comfort and environment and emotional support to you first, then children, then partner, then community, and then humanity. You have something to give. So in this time when, you know, all this Valentine and this and that and the other thing, and I I think it's a commercial thingy. You know, between you and me, I watch that commercial on television that gives this humongous teddy bear saying that this guy has to give this humongous teddy bear to this woman that he loves and whatever. And I'm thinking to myself, what are you going to do with that humongous teddy bear in your house? I mean, seriously, folks. And the older you get, do you want to humongous teddy bear hello can we talk and so therefore i'm happy i've planned i want to talk about partnerships tonight and they are karmic partnerships and hopefully i'll be able to get to the halfway point of our visit tonight i would like to do some mini readings I don't always get to that because, you know, I do go on. I can chatter Kathy away. But tonight, I, and there are several folks already in the queue, and this is great. And so if you would like for me to do a quick little mini reading, two, three minutes, about 2015, what's the next couple months going to hold for you personally? We have to learn, and it is a learning curve. And it is for so many women in the works, in the readings, in the charts that I do, where they have to learn to take their power back and say, I love me first, and then I will turn around and I will love you, and I will share with you through nurturing, caring, cooking, sewing, singing, dancing, whatever. But I have value. That is not self-centeredness, which is the learning curve. It is not egotism. And when it flips into narcissism, look at me, I'm standardy. And you know how I go on about empathetic listeners. That is the total negative of self-love, of self-worth, of self-valuing. Always remember, you cannot share your jelly beans if you have no jelly beans in your jar. And so if you want to have a mini reading, do a toodaloo in here. Call in. Here's the number. 347-855. 8628. 347-855-8628. And you know, folks, the coolest thing's happening that a lot of other hosts on other radio shows are contacting me to be a guest speaker, a guest on their shows. And if you sign up for my newsletters, which is free, you go to Magical World of Numbers. It is there in the context on the home page. Sign up, fill in the blanks, whatever. Know the constant contact will send you a, a notice, you know, a confirmation notice. You click on that, yes. I'll be able to keep in touch with you. All the other radio shows that I am on, a lot, a lot, a lot. And you can get even more information and more insights and just more and more and more. And we can visit. All the time we can visit. Don't you just love it? And so 347-855-8628. But we have some things to chat about here. My website is elizabethsummers.com. Summers like the season. Not Suzanne Summers. She's a tall blonde. I'm a tall redhead. Or the magical world of numbers. I put information on both of them. Same information on both of them. Tonight we're going to talk about partnerships. 
And I'm going to start with the number 11, which is about partnerships. The number 11 adds to the number 2, which is about balance and partnerships. It is about setting boundaries in partnerships. Saying the word no in partnerships, gently and tactfully. The buzzword is balance. And when a partnership is out of balance, then the person who is allowing themselves to be walked all over like a doormat because they don't have the guts, the courage, the strength. And this is in so many charts, folks, I cannot tell you. For women. Most of my work's with women. Although I have fabulous guys who are just coming along here. I think they're my little valentines. I honestly do. Set your boundaries. Do not be afraid to say the word no. They get walked all over like a doormat, and they do it just to stay in that partnership, just to have someone validate them, to tell them they have value, to tell them, 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 them. They give their power away, and they become victims. And last week I talked about victim or victor. And does it take courage? Yes. And is it easy? No. But I say to my women who come to me for readings, guidance, and spiritual guidance and advice. I say to them, what if your daughter came to you and shared with you the identical situation of abuse, of unhappiness, of victimization that she is going through? What would you tell her? And what you would tell her is what you tell you. And I suggest you do mirror work, my precious listeners. You stand in front of a mirror. Makes no difference if you're fully clothed, not clothed. Makes no difference. The key thing is you look at your eyes. Your eyes called mirror work. And you stand in front of that mirror, big mirror, not one of those little hand jobby things. Mirror. And you look in the eyes of you, looking back at you. And you say to that person who's looking at you, and you look in their eyes, your eyes. And you tell them, you have power. You are valuable. You have strength. You are a somebody. You have good health. You are moving forward. Present tense, present tense. And in the beginning, when you're doing this mirror work, eyeball, eyeball, you may cry. You may have difficulty. Your eyes may wiggle, wobble. You may look over here. You may, it may be great difficulty. Because you were overcoming lifetimes of not being validated. And all of a sudden, you're looking at your own subconscious in your eyes and you are telling it something different. But I promise you 100% that if you do this on a daily, business, daily basis and you look at your eyes and you tell it what you wanted to know, you have value. I am a somebody. I this, I that, I something else. You will be amazed at the strength that you begin to come. Chins up, shoulders back. That's how I could say it. And, you know, we do get to a certain age, ladies, where we have one or two chins. What can I say? But I promise you, you will be amazed. And when you feel mopey-dopey, you walk around the house out loud. has to be out loud. And you say out loud, I am not a victim. I am power. I am, present tense, I am, I am. Even Jesus said, I am that I am 
that I am. And every morning in my quiet time, in my meditation time, I've told you I don't like the word meditation. It's a little highfalutin to me. It's like, what is that? I'm going to levitate or something? I don't know. Quiet time. Get, get down. Shut up. Get quiet. My mantra always is, God is. I am. We are one. And I say it over and over and over again, calmly, until I feel myself quiet. God is, I am, we are one. The number 11 is about partnership. The number 11 is about karma partnerships. If you look at the number 11, it's like two vertical strokes. And one is a male energy and one is a female energy. It doesn't have to be a boy and a girl. It's about energy. Male, female, yin and yang, so to speak. And so this is the karmic aspect that says in this lifetime, many of us, and some more so than others, call into our lives these karmic partners that we've been intensely in partnership with another lifetime. Now, I'm here to tell you that a lot of folks, most folks actually, that you bump into all throughout this lifetime that you're playing out because you have called them in here by soul contract before you were even born, you've been in other lifetimes with them. So get over it. You've been with them in 602, 907, 740, who knows what? I don't care. We only stay in the now. So it's important to know that we form karmic ties with people that we've known in our past lives. This is called our karmic group. And most of them we have unfinished business with. We have unresolved ties with. We may have a debt, an energetic debt, not money, sometimes, but not usually debt. So we have to pay to each other. And this is really valuable lesson. Every soul incarnates for one purpose only to spiritually grow, to forgiveness, unconditional love, letting go, uh, gratitude, hope, they all those kind of virtues. That's the only reason that we're toodling around here and you're listening to me and I'm talking to you. So karma is not a punishment. I keep pounding this home. Karma, when I find there are certain four, you know, I call them the four nasties. And there are some that are like minor nasties that show up in my numerology readings, my astrology work, my tarot work that I do. I just, karma is not a punishment. But it says, hello, all right, let's, let's, let's look at this again. And let's look at it from a different way. And let's straighten up, fly right, and let's move on. And hello, how are you? It is important for you to understand that the soul remembers other lifetimes. It remembers other attachments. And we all kind of, not all of us at one time, praise the Lord, but we meet up maybe in this lifetime Why? Because we have some, quote-unquote, unfinished business together. These are your soulmates. And so many people, many karmic connections meet again. They're usually in the same family, parents, siblings, relatives, maybe close-in partners, close-in partners. And you know what? And lovers, hello, how many of us have gone through our little string of boyfriends, girlfriends, thank you very much, lovers. But also what's quite interesting that a lot of times, those of us who have had more than one marriage, it is the karmic connection with our first marriage person that is most intense. 
Now, it doesn't mean that the maybe second, third, fourth, or fifth marriage, I mean, some of believe me, I've had clients who've had all those things, but those are not all coming, but the karmic partnerships and soulmates. But the first one seems to be like the most, uh, most intense. So karmic relationships, everything's to be okay on the surface, but when we get down to it, hello, you know, something's kind of sort of missing. And you find yourself in a karmic partnership, whether it's boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, uh, children. Uh, so we all have, we have big families. We have some children that we're more favorable to than others. Some say, you know, we just kind of get a, there's something missing in that relationship with them. There's dissatisfaction. There's unrest. Those are karmic partnerships. And so there's absolutely, folks, no better karmic connection than an unhappy marriage. Half the marriages fail because those marriages are made between two karmic people. They're kind of joint debtors, if you will, that they temporarily come together and usually in a codependent union. I need you to do this for me, and he says or she says, I need you to do this for me. It is usually a very codependent. And usually in our younger years. And then that triggers the start of your karmic workup. And eventually, it's like, hello, and you break free. That's why a lot of times the first marriage or the first, you know, the first love of our lives in high school or college or whenever, whenever, it's intense, it's great, but then it falls apart. And it's a good thing because we kind of move on, move on, move on. So parents and siblings and relatives and children stay with us for our whole life. But those relationships cannot always be easy, cannot be fulfilling. I cannot tell you how many of my clients, and me included, are moving away, have moved away, are moving away from our nuclear family. And that's a whole other show, which we'll talk about some other time. The important thing is, in our karmic relations, in our karmic relationships, is that we look at them, we finish them with a sense of unconditional love. You are who you are. I told you a goose is a goose. What did I learn from interacting with you? And it usually is about loving yourself, taking your power back from it, standing on your own two feet, saying no, setting your boundaries. There's all sorts of ramifications. Taking responsibility for your own self, going out on Valentine's Day and making it a wild and crazy party because you love you and that's the way it is. No more whining, no more, as I say, pissing, moaning, whining, carrying on. We don't do whining. I told you before, the only whining that I like is Chardonnay. We're not going to do that in this holiday, all those of you who are listening to me. You are loved. You are valued. And you do not give your power in dependency to another person to tell you that you are loved. Own it. Know it. Believe it. You are divine. You are loved. And once you nail that inside of yourself, you will be amazed at the beautifulness, which I don't think that's a word, that you will draw to yourself. So what is a soulmate? Now this makes me a little crazy. I have some folks And I've heard it over the years. And there are some readers 
And there are some folks that I've worked at with fairs and whatever, which I don't really do anymore. And they went, oh, I think he's my soulmate. Soulmate, soulmate, soulmate. All right, let's look at this. Soulmates. Let's just say you went to a college someplace in the Ohio State or Penn State or Stanford, Stanford or UCLA. I don't care where you went to college. And you were at a sorority, you belonged to a sorority, or you belonged to a fraternity. And you went all through four years with these people, sorority, fraternity. And you are with them constantly in a very close, you joined them, you chose to join them, you're with them, you party with them, you study with them, 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 you and them, you and them, you and them. Through thick and thin, thick and thick and thick and thin, thick. Well, what happened to there? Thick and thin. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Why can't I say that word thick? Okay, thick and thin. There it goes. And that is exactly what soulmates are. You have a whole bunch of soulmates, sorority sisters, fraternity brothers. From this incarnation, previous incarnations, over and over and over again. Every soul prior to birth goes to its sorority, to its fraternity. I, they're called a karmic group. They are your best buds, I call them. And you have decided, you have decided what you want to work on in this lifetime. And you know your sorority sisters. You know your fraternity brothers. And you say, you know, I'm going to do this. You want to come in here. I know you're like this and that and the other thing. And I didn't particularly like you when we were in the same fraternity sorority. But I learned from you. Can you come in and play this role and interact with me for a while, maybe, in a certain capacity, okay, and I'll learn from you and you'll learn from me. So, so, so that's a soulmate. We have tons of soulmates. I have women say, oh, I love when my think is my soulmate. Well, you might be. But your mother might be your soulmate, one of your soulmates. You know, the person that you work with in a cubicle beside you in the corporation could be your soulmate. And not all soulmates are peachy keen. Not all soulmates, you know, you want to just hug and kiss. Some, some soulmates are absolutely pills to be dealt with. And they're in your life for contracts. They are called soul contracts. And so karmic people are like those that made bad choices in the past, and now they're coming in to revisit with you, to interact with you, for you to make a different choice. A different choice. So this lovey-dovey stuff about the things that, oh, he's my soulmate, and we just get along so well. Okay, you could. I'm not going to say no to that. But I am going to say to you, that you have a variety of soulmates. They're your sorority. They're your fraternity. They are aspects of your own soul that are mirrors of you that you were in other lifetimes who have come in to experience the you that you are now. Very multidimensional. Very different kinds of relationships. And souls often come together to work out issues, or the cool interesting thing is they will play reverse roles than what you were experiencing before, before you were like mother and father, before you were like mother and son, before you were brother and sister, before you were husband and wife. And if that situation was really spiffy doodle in other lifetimes, Come back in again, and you could be wife and husband. But if there needs to be some balancing that has to occur, the number two, the number 11 two, you're going to have to work at that. A lot of women marry, and this sounds a little kinky, I know, but they'll marry souls that were their sons in previous lifetimes, 
who come into this lifetime as husbands. And they act as mothers towards those husbands, and those husbands are saying to them, don't don't treat me like my mother. Or she's saying to them, I'm not your mother. Would you please grow up and be a husband? The key thing that I want to send home to you is that often soulmates come together to bring another soul in who is the child, who brings it into balance. The karma ends. They set their boundaries. What are you experiencing with that other person? And it is always about balance. You are who you are. I am who I am. And the universal law of attraction. And this is very hard for many people to accept, number one, and to realize, number two, is we draw to ourselves our own kind from this incarnation or previous incarnation. That's the karmic aspect. I'm not like that. I don't abuse people. I don't do this and that and the other thing. Not in this lifetime, but you did before, and now your soulmate is showing up in your face to get you to think in a new direction and to take your power and to make things happen. You have a lot of soulmates. Good, bad, or indifferent. I mean, your neighbor could be your soulmate. If they draw your attention, if they are focused on you, if there's something you're learning from them, whether resistance or lovey-dovey, no. Every soul draws into its current lifetime those souls that they have been in other lifetimes with, like a sorority, like a fraternity. And you know them and they know you and you're learning from each other and straightening out some things that maybe were not so good, some things that were fabulous. So don't get hung up on this romanticism of, you have only one soulmate. Now, we have a different issue. And then then we're going to do some readings here. Of twin souls. This is something totally different. Something totally different. A twin soul, sometimes called a twin flame. And we all know twins are two things. And so twin souls are totally different matter. And most twin flames, not all, but most twin flames, are one stays in the spirit world and the other one comes into human. One soul comes in and the twin flame stays in the other half of your own soul. Now, this doesn't apply that each twin is only half of one soul on earth and the other individual soul is already whole and what. No, 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 no. But energetically, it's about energy. It's very unusual. It does happen. I know people who are inhuman right now twin flames. But it is an energy that says totally different, totally different from soulmates. It is an energy that says of the soul vibration. Split. And one comes into human and one comes into and usually stays in the spirit world. Now, the relationship is a twin flame. There's nothing to do with lifetimes. It does not change twin flames from lifetime to lifetime. 
It's always the same. It's very complete. It's very unshakable. There's a recognition of one flame. One twin recognizes the other twin. It's very heavy duty. It's almost inseparable. It's like yin and yang. And the attraction and the joining together is almost undeniable. It's unbreakable. It's unconditional. The relationships are not without conflict. Because we're talking about yin and yang. But all the conflict between the conflict between the twin flames gets resolved. And the purpose of both souls is to spend their lives together, their lifetimes together. That is their purpose. And once a person encounters their twin flame, then that's precisely what's going to happen. There will be no divorces. There will be no separations. There will be no this and that and the other thing. How many times have we seen on television people have been together 60, 70, 80 years? Uh, uh, the first uh, 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 President Bush, he's been married like 60-some years to Barbara Bush. That is a twin flame. So know that it's kind of rare. Uh, the twin flame is very ultimate. It can be rather rare. There are ways to recognize the twin flame relationship. And in future visits on my radio show, and just maybe in February here, since we're all about partnerships, I will chat with you more about how to recognize a twin flame but I will tell you it does not happen in every incarnation. Soulmates do. They're always tootling around. Like you're always bumping into your sorority sisters, fraternity brothers, whatever. Twin flames do not occur in every incarnation. You can have an extremely positive experience with soulmates. And be with them a long time, a long time, a long time. You know, in the morning, outside, when I flip my legs around, getting out of bed, I put my feet into little softy slippers, yummy, cozy, warm slippers. That can be a soulmate. And that's a good thing. It means that either in this lifetime or previous lifetimes, you have brought your relationship into balance, and it's like a warm, homey, cozy slipper. Let's take some readings now. Some of my precious little listeners, which I adore. And you know, you can go on iTunes, you can go on Stitcher, write a review for me, Bring bring the, the 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 listening audience up to higher uh, uh, reviews and stars and whatever they do, so that we can help other people. It's all about helping other people, sharing what we know with other people. I need you to help me out with that. So so come on. So anyway, when I uh, uh, identify you, I'm going to identify you by your area code. And one has been holding for 42 minutes, bless her heart, she came on immediately, he or she, whatever. I'm going to ask you for your month and day of birth, your age, and your uh, uh, first and middle name. And we're going to see what year you're in. What's 2015, uh, generally speaking, going to hold for you? So, here we go. Come on, real fast, because I want to get as many people in as possible. Hmm. Area code Five. Area code. Come on. Area code five six two. You're on the air. What's your name? Hi, my name's Monique. Hello. And uh, yeah, I'm here, Monique. And 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 uh, uh, 
What's your middle name, honey? You've been holding a long time. Bless your heart. Let me put your middle name. Um, my legal birth name, you mean? Using my birth name? Yes, what's on your birth certificate? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, my middle name is Rainus. I guess I'm interested in that first letter. Month and day of birth? Um, it's April 16th. And how old are you? I am 42. Okay. So this applies to anyone who's 42. Know that things are going to happen very suddenly for you. You're an Aries. And so um, Aries are blowtorches of energy, especially if you're raised where can I say? They're fire signs. So the age of 42 for everyone is going to bring things suddenly the age of 42 has you dealing with relationships, but I'm going to do this reading for age 43 because it is absolutely approaching and know that starting April, no, no, February, February, Monique, 17th and 18th, there's a big shift in the sign of Aries where Mars that rules Aries is going to go into Aries. And right now Aries has had maybe some little stall connected to their career and their work and the whatever, and also probably their financial aspects of their life could have been a little um, not so terrific for the last three, four weeks. But I will tell you that 17th and 18th, there's some positive major push forward. Mars is going into Aries, and uh, so is Venus, lovey, lovey, lovey. Beautiful Venus is going into the sign of Aries. So I think it's just going to keep getting better and better here for all Aries and especially for Monique. Now, Monique, as of April, is in year one of a brandy new nine-year cycle. This is very good. This is an energy that has to do with new beginnings, new starts, new directions, and it is a 19-1. This is very nice for you, connected to specifically your work and your career. Maybe the last year could have been not so terrific. What can I say? But, no, the more entrenched, Monique, you get into 2015, the better it's going to be for you, especially work and career-wise. Okay? Oh, that's terrific. Oh, yeah, exactly no, I'm going to encourage Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm going to encourage you. Yeah, very good, honey, very good. Okay, thanks for calling in. Bye-bye. Bye, thank now you. Now we're going to go to, you're welcome, honey. We're going to go to area code 650. You're on the air. Hello, 650. I don't think so. We're going to go down here to... Uh, kind of unusual. I was on the radio show the other night, and the same thing happened. Area code one one one. Are you on the air? No, that's not it. And I think this particular person is my buddy out in Florida, and Marsha. Area code eight one three. That's me. I know. This is my buddy, Marcia, bless her heart. She, she's on the air, and, and uh, uh, I know she, she's always calling in and whatever, and I usually I usually ignore you now, don't I? Thank you. <laughs> I know you're calling in, but she's my precious friend, a client, fabulous, loyal person, and it's great to hear your voice, honey. Thank you so much I love for to, I love to hear you. I look forward to Wednesday night. Oh, well, now you've had readings with me. Why don't you tell the folks, the listeners, about the readings you've had with me and and how they've helped you, or if they've helped you, you know, because I do go on. <laughs> well, I can't separate how much I love Elizabeth from how how great the readings have been. Um, it, but... 
the readings for me have really connect. I, I know that a lot of people, uh, and it did this for me, it gave me hope uh, when I wasn't sure what was really happening to me. It connected me to my soul and to my the work I have to do, and it just kind of helped me be so peaceful and relaxed, like it's okay just, uh, you know, choose for the highest good every day. And if I have questions, Elizabeth guides me. And it just really brought me in touch with my purpose, my... Um, gave you clarity. It gave you clarity. Yeah, my cl- clarity. It gave you clarity. Yeah, totally, totally, yeah. totally. Well, Connecting- you know, I'm just... What? No, I said it just, it connected me to myself and it's it's just changed my life in in amazingly wonderful ways and uh, i can't wait i'm i'm letting my grand my children who i bought gift certificates for my son and my daughter-in-law uh came back from their honeymoon so i've been telling them you have to call elizabeth and get your appointment and you do it uh-huh. separately yeah i'm waiting for them i'm waiting for them well, I see okay, well, you see how it's coming in here. Yeah. I know you're there, baby girl. Lots of hugs. Can't wait for you to come over here to Colorado so we can <gasps> do lunch. Okay, bye. Lunch. Blessings. Thanks for all the great work you do. Love you. Love you too, honey. Bye-bye. So now let's real quick go to area code 650. You're on the air. Hello? Nope. Got to jump right in there. And so then we have one more that we're going to try to just chat with, and then, and it's area code 562. No, wait. 562, you're on the air. Hello? Oh, Elizabeth, you already talked to me. (laughs) Okay, and so you're just hanging in there. Excellent. Wonderful. Thanks, dear. Bye-bye. And so here we are. We're coming down to our final moments together where we're talking about all sorts of relationship situations, all sorts of um, uh, uh, soulmate. We all want to get that kind of cleared up with people, actually. And twin flames, which I think we'll talk about a little bit more down the road, but then the question becomes, okay, fine, how do I recognize twin flame? How do I recognize soulmates? Where can I find my soulmate? You can find them everywhere. I mean, they're all over the place. Just as your sorority sisters, your fraternity brothers spread out over the United States, the soulmates in an incarnation are your karmic group. They have out everywhere in your life. Some will come in temporarily, some will stay long term, some will this, some will that. They'll be like ships passing in the night. And so why are twin flames coming together? Which is kind of a special category. And they come together, twin flames, not soulmates, come together to be reunited with the other half of their soul which really may have split apart energetically many lifetimes before. And the reason for this is to bring love into the world that is in dire need of healing and light. And once that's accomplished, their mission is complete, and they most likely will not reincarnate again. And that holds true for the twin souls that I have identified, where their intention is to be of service. They come together. Both of them are couples, male and female, in these situations that I know. It's not always that way, but but uh, 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 and they are doing all that they can to bring love into the world. So, you know, how can you find your soulmate and your twin flame? Well, if you've not found your soulmate or twin flame, then take a good look at yourself and don't uh, be a little ruthless, if you will. 
you know, ask if there's anything that I need to improve upon. And you ask your higher self in quiet time. And you're not judgmental. You Heaven knows we have enough people in our lifetimes that have criticized us and told us this and that and showed us what it could is and all that nonsense. Just ask yourself, may I do better? How may I serve better? How can I care for others better? You'll always be loved. The universe will always provide for you. We live in an abundant universe. And so when I really do find my twin soul, my soulmate, is my mission complete? No, I'm not really. Uh, 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 uh. You know, this is this is where we're doing right now. But you'll be surprised at how many re- people respond to the fact that, okay, I found this dude, this guy, this woman, this whatever. And as long as you're happy and content and at peace, then know that you're okay. It's when we get those grumblings, when something doesn't feel right, when we're not happy, when we don't sleep at night, when we're searching, that we need to get still and quiet and go to our higher self. And in the morning, I say, I am going to my higher self. Give me the guidance that I need for today. I need just for today that I am a peace just for today. And if you build one peaceful day, yesterday for me was not a peaceful day. Mercury was going, was turning around, going direct. Yesterday was really wackadoo for me and for quite a few people that I talked on the phone with. And we breathe, we stay in the moment, and we say this day too shall pass. The important thing is to be at peace. Whatever that means to you. Only Mother, Father, God is perfect. Nothing in life is perfect. Everything is temporary. Everything comes and goes. I would love for you to contact me to do a reading for you to help give you clarity in your life. That clarity, as my friend from Florida, my Marsha friend said, brought her clarity, understanding, direction, knows where she's going. Don't be in confusion. Go to my website, Magical World of Numbers. Go to elizabethsummers.com. Same website, same information. I've been doing this since 1988. My work goes literally all over the world now. I'm very blessed. And I'm here for you. You're my precious, precious beings. And I look forward every Wednesday. What can I share with them? What can I give to them? How can I help them? You are my family. I am yours. My website is here for you. My work is here for you. Do not be in anything that is wonderful peace. And so, until we meet again, know that I send you God's white light and his wonderful peace and harmony. And know that I wish you all good things. And thank you so much for visiting with me one more time in the magical world of numbers. Mm-hmm.